Hi guys, welcome to In Our Community podcast, where we interview common people doing extraordinary things in their communities. I'm your host, Hitty from Resurrection Movement Studio. On episode 10 of this podcast, I sat down with Pastor David Laser from Trinity United Methodist Church. We talked about his journey as to how he became a pastor, the biggest mistake he made as a child, and the words of encouragement section of this episode is a must listen for everyone. It was such a fantastic advice that I do hope that you stick around to listen to the very end. Before we get started on this episode, I just wanted to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, and I hope that everybody has a great, great time with their family members. Let's get started. Today, I'm sitting across from Pastor David Laser, uh, the pastor from Trinity United Methodist Church. Good morning, Pastor David. Hello. Thank good morning, you for Hitty. joining me today. <laughs> yeah. It's good to be here. Absolutely. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience, mm. who you are, what you do, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So my name is David. Uh, I have been in Danville with my family for a little over a year, since summer of 2018. Uh, I serve as the pastor of Trinity United Methodist Church, which is up on the hill of Lombard Avenue, kind of uh, next to the hospital there. And um, who am I? What do I do? Yeah. How long How long do we have here? No. <laughs> <laughs> Such a story. No, not really. Um, well, uh, first and foremost, uh, I, I am a dad and a, a husband. My wife is Emily. Um, we have four kids. They are five years old and younger. So five, wow. that three, must be, two, and almost one. That must be pretty crazy. That's why I was late today. <laughs> it's to not to about to it. It's all good. No worries. It happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, I love my family. I love, I love following Jesus, and I love serving the church. Um, before we came here, we were in the little town of Halifax for okay. eight years. If you know where like Lake Tobias is, or uh-huh. you ever heard of Camp Hebron, uh-huh. that's sort of all you would go there for because it's a really small community, beautiful place. <laughs> mm-hmm. We love being there. That's kind of where I grew and learned so much. Did some of my training, you know, and in, mm-hmm. in pastoral ministry, I was like an associate pastor there. We did a lot with um, you know youth ministry, children's ministry. So we always have had a huge heart for young generations, but mm-hmm. but also all generations. So that kind of prepared us to come here and to kind of do the the lead pastor thing. But um, I don't know. Do you like? Do you want me to get into the backstory? Like, sure. Yeah. Why, yeah. I mean, let's I don't go know. for it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've never done this before. It's okay. Gone. Don't be nervous. I know a lot of guests that comes on to this podcast they get really oh. nervous. But dude, just be the, yourself. It's the and... Hitty podcast. No. It's like. I've like arrived somewhere, dude. Like this is—it's <laughs> really not that big of a deal. Oh, that was beautiful. But yeah, it. so let's go into like, how did you like? How did you know you wanted to be a pastor? Is this yeah. something that you always wanted to do, or is this like one day you woke up and you were like, Good "All right, question. God called me to be a pastor today." Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say the simplest answer is is. <laughs> There came a point when I was younger where I knew God was calling me to be a pastor, but I didn't want to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even as I started to delve into like pursuing that and stepping into some leadership roles, like I still wrestled with it. Like mm. I still in my heart, I was like, man, I don't know if I want to do this. This is crazy. Is this really God? Is this really what you have for me? Mm. Uh, but it, for me, you know, you could you could get any pastor in here and they would give you different stories about how 
God worked in their life to direct them there. There's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who are, you know, what you'd call like second career pastors that they go through a whole life journey of adulthood and they, they feel that there's this turning point and mm-hmm. they feel called to just drop everything and pursue that. For me, um, it was early on in my like journey as a young person. So um, I basically grew up in the church, went to various churches throughout my life with my family. Um, but we landed in a, 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 a nice, you know, family-sized United Methodist Church in Hershey, PA. Hmm. And um, that's where I began to put roots down. Uh, and as I sort of in middle school, high school, started to grow in my relationship with God, hmm. um, man, for me, it just became such a, a pull in my life. Like as a young person, like, I don't know, we can remember what it's like to be a teenager. Like there's so many distractions and things you could chase after and you're, yeah. you're thinking about you know who you are and friends and temptations and like what's next what am I going to do with my life all that stuff but like in the midst of all that crazy chaos of growing up as a young person in our society today I just found myself really drawn to like man get into the bible and like get to know Jesus and the more I did it just was this like passion in my life. It was just, I don't know, like Jeremiah talks about that fire shut mm. up within my bones. Right. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really realize that that was happening. I was just kind of like, I don't know. I was just drawn to it. And as I was growing with God and going from kind of just like knowing about God to, I would say like falling in love with God, mm. there began to be this like pull towards like, you're supposed to do something with this. Mm. But that was such a tension for me because in my nature, I was very shy Hmm. I was very, people are surprised with this. I'm actually very yeah, I, I'm very surprised. I'm a major that. introvert. Uh, I'm, I'm very social and relational, uh-huh. but I get my energy from like solitude. Like mm. I, I just, my wife's the opposite. Emily's total extrovert. Mm-hmm. So we're an interesting combination. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I never saw myself as a leader. I never, at, at that age, like I just, I would have pursued something else. I love music. So mm-hmm. I thought, man, I think I want to go into music, maybe like, playing a band or I don't know, be a music teacher or something that to me seemed sort of like safe. Mm. But the idea of like leadership as I watched actually my future father-in-law mm-hmm. was my pastor at the time. Mm. Right. So I watched him do his thing and like, I began to go to church and feel this like tension in me because it was like, God was sort of like nudging me. Like, this is where you're going to do. And in my heart, I'm like, no, mm. no, this is crazy. This is crazy. Yeah. Uh, but I got to the point in my growth where it became so clear through just little experiences and little confirmations that like I couldn't avoid it anymore. So it just boiled down to like, am I going to say yes? Mm. Regardless of how I feel about this, regardless of my hesitations, my fears, my insecurities about this, am I just going to say yes? Mm. And realizing like when you say yes, God provides, like it's really not about what we bring to the scenario. Right. Like God will just provide, you know Mm. what? There's some, I don't know, there's some, off-quoted phrase is like god doesn't let's see he doesn't call the equipped he equips the called mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. it's just like mm-hmm. a matter of like god will give me what i need to do this even if i don't know how it's going to work and so yes. i said yes and then i went you know and that's that directed you know my college degree you know studying like biblical studies and then going on from there and here i am Very so cool. reluctant leader pretty boring normal story but a reluctant leader <laughs> but now yeah, I'm all in. it's funny that you <laughs> say that because, uh, you know, I've been to your church a couple of times now. And when I hear you <clears throat> preach the message, you're so authentic. You know exactly how to capture the audience. Mm. 
and your mm. message is delivered in such a way that like when you're sitting in the congregation you you can't help but to be paying attention to what you're mm. saying and mm. and be drawn to the words of God and mm. you do a really great job of connecting the scripture to the message that you're delivering so then you leave there thinking like how can I apply what I just learned yeah. into my daily yeah. life and to me like to me that's that's so important right in mm. faith's journey I look at like church totally. as like church is where you get your cup filled on Sunday yeah but then you do God's work on that's Monday right. through Saturday exactly you yeah get it, man. you get it yeah I, I appreciate yeah. that thank you absolutely and that's been the journey is realizing like I was limiting myself based on what I could see. Mm. But there's so much that God sees about us that mm. we don't yet realize. And so in this journey of gradually just kind of growing into that calling, um, I've repeatedly seen now where it's like, oh my gosh, like this is what I was meant to do, God. Like mm. this is where they talk about the idea of vocation. And I've heard once one person say vocation is where <laughs> I, I have these ideas that quotes in my head and then I forget exactly no, what it okay. is, yeah. but it's like where, um, where the world's need meets your passion. Like, mm. like, like there's a need in the world for something to be done. Mm -hmm. And like, um, yeah, you have something planted in you that you're, you're gifted for or passionate for, and you can bring those two things together to serve the mm. world. And so for me, like that vocation of ministry and the church has been like, wow, I have this thing in me that I can offer yes. and serve with. And really because of fear and insecurity and also comparing myself to like, oh, it has to be like this, or it has to be like this or like this. No, like you've been given what you need, mm. not only in the ways you've been created and wired, but also by the empowerment of, you know, God's grace and presence and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it's more and more like, oh, yeah, like I just didn't know that was there. But because I said yes and stepped out of the boat, you know, in faith, mm -hmm. like, oh, snap, like this is how it works. Cool. Mm. I think that's something anybody mm -hmm. can that's like true. latch on to. Even people that yeah. if, if you're not a person of faith, like this idea that just kind of taking leaps of faith and right. doing something that's out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. It's amazing what you discover. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's amazing what you discover in all right. like realms of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I totally agree. That's yeah. awesome. Do you still get nervous like preaching on mm. Sundays? Great question. If it's like, you know, in the normal routine of where I'm planted now, mm -hmm. not often nervous, I would say, although <laughs> this past Sunday uh -huh. we had like all of our youth there and family. So we had uh -huh. like all these visitors and stuff. So uh -huh. you do, I think it's common as a pastor probably be like, oh man, like, there's all these people here. I don't know. There's a new people. Like I better not bomb this or they're never going to want to come back. You know? <laughs> so you get, you have a little bit of that like humanness, but I, I wouldn't say I get nervous too much for preaching in the local church, uh -huh. but there are certain, there are definitely situations where if it's outside the normal and you're kind of like, I don't know anybody here. Yeah. Um, Got to trust that somehow something I say, God is going to relate to them. But the more you get to know a congregation, I think it is easier yeah. to kind of mm -hmm. like, be where they're at and, mm. and they also know you mm. at the end of the day though there there's always that burden mm. that if i lose that or if i'm not in the right mindset it's it's just going to be me you know mm. and that's not in the in the realm of preaching and ministry if i'm just offering myself i mean hey great share about mm. yourself right but like i'm there to offer that's something right. of god and I, so think, I can't lose that and i think your congregation really feels that i mean mm. i've only been there a couple of times but the way people speaks about you and 
what a great pastor you are is like incredible. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a true believer in like, you reap what you, you reap what you saw. Yeah. What you, so yeah. the yeah. seed that you're planting in church is really blossoming and people are feeling that oh. energy, the passion that you have towards God. And, I think it's it's awesome to see. It's amazing to see it in happening in church like that. Because wow. I've been to different churches and I've been I've been burned, quote unquote, mm. by like a church culture in the past. Mm. And it's it's so refreshing to see uh, an authentic leader mm. that God has planted in church, where it's the, you're you're burning for, with a passion for God and mm. love for God, and and mm. all you're trying to do is deliver His message. Mm. And I think that's. So that's, awesome. That's great to hear. I appreciate that. You know, yeah. and that's uh, on the one hand, I would say, man, that's that's my goal. That's my heart. I want to be. Mm-hmm. I hope to be. I pray to be the kind of leader that's authentic mm-hmm. and that is a genuine love and passion of God that drives me. Right. But mm-hmm. I would also say that in my journey of like becoming that kind of person, which mm-hmm. I'm still in, mm-hmm. a lot of that is more about how God is like, you know burned away other parts that needed to get out of the way mm-hmm. so I <laughs> before think, that could come through right yeah, like like we absolutely. often see that and we think like wow that's great like but there is a whole process yeah and i'm still in it right, right. and i'm still ooh, there's a mixture i you know don't put me on a pedestal like i am i am like mm, mm-hmm. god's working on me mm. like all of us i think that um brings up a great point and <clears> i I think this is a great question. I think maybe some of the listeners maybe wonder. So I often talk about like, you know, when I talk to the kids, I talk about make mistakes. Mm -hmm. I want you to learn from your mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I think as a society, we put pastors in this pedestal where it's like, you guys are perfect, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. I think you are, but. (laughs) (laughs) But actually not. (laughs) But (laughs) I want you to talk about the biggest mistake that you made that you've learned from. Love it. And how, you know, how you got to where you are today. Ooh. Man, I know so it's I wanna, a tough question. Yeah, no, I love this is good, and and for me, I actually, I I do thrive on just kind of trying to be transparent and honest, mm-hmm. um, because I just feel really uncomfortable if I have to like put on a mask. It doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't fit me well. Um, but I'm still still working on that too. Sure. I have to preface it by saying like, I I do not have one of those like stories or testimonies where it's like this, you know, radical change from wow, like just like total darkness and Mm -hmm. struggle and strife to turning it around. And like, it's for me, it's been more of this gradual journey, Mm -hmm. you know, this gradual growth Mm -hmm. and actually a lot of hidden things within me that people on the outside wouldn't see Mm -hmm. because I'm naturally kind of a, I I think you can identify this naturally Mm -hmm. sort of like I've always tried to be, you know, the best that can be and do well things and and Mm -hmm. achieve, you know, whether it's school or life. So like on the outside, I often had this image of, yeah, you know, doing well. And within my family dynamics where I grew up being the middle child, you know, I was always trying to do the best I could do at things. So I wasn't like often, I was so afraid to blow it. Mm. And maybe that was one of my greatest mistakes Mm. was being so afraid to like mess up and have this perfectionist mentality Mm. that, Number one, I was putting undue pressure on myself. And actually, when you have a perfectionist mentality, I think you tend to be so focused on yourself. Hmm. You can almost be like narcissistic. You can be so consumed by like, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to do the wrong thing. I've got to do the best I can do at all these things. Mm-hmm. And it actually makes you more self-centered because you're so busy trying not to screw up right. or worrying about what other people think, right? 
so that that I, I kind of have to preface it by saying that like I I don't hey by the I thank God for this I thank mm-hmm. God that I don't right. have maybe some of those situations where I had to like get into the the hit rock bottom before I could turn around but if I'm thinking about a concrete like life story where I just like screwed up and what I learned from it <laughs> there'd be many and my wife could tell you a lot <laughs> she gets in here and tell you a lot more than I could god bless her she's an amazing woman by the way an amazing wife and mm-hmm. she's the most gracious person I know she's not like putting me down but she could tell you uh-huh. um but I'm just I'm thinking of what like rises to the surface for me in the moment here um I'll tell you what I shared this <laughs> this is gonna be so lame but I shared this story at, at church a few weeks ago it was from when I was a young kid okay it's just what rises to my mind right now I'm sorry I should That's like okay. no worries I could no. I could sit here for a while and think of it but <laughs> when I was a kid because I really did learn from this and I still go back to it over and over again I had an older brother we shared a room and uh I was like five he was like nine and I really 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 wanted this like one toy that I saw <laughs> at the store okay <laughs> all right this is good it was a Power Rangers like I guess you'd call it like one of those two-bit video games or whatever, or, you uh-huh. know, just like that great, like the old Game Boy style, okay. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like Kmart. I think I saw this at. And I just thought, I love Power Rangers. I had to have this thing. Mm. And some in my head, I got it like, oh, my parents will never get me that toy. Like they can't afford it or something. <laughs> whatever, you know? Like, And so I thought, I've got to get this. I've got to, like, coveted this Power Rangers video. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it's so funny when you go, I can think of how you think as a kid or anything, uh-huh. but my brother had recently started like working at my grandpa's bookstore okay. a couple blocks away. My grandpa had this cool little like Christian bookstore. And I think a little bit, he was jealous that he was working for grandpa, you know, and earning this like great amount of cash, like $5 every week. Right. Okay. You know, I thought, wow, he's so rich. Like he's getting all this money to work at grandpa. It's not fair. Uh, so he, my brother was like a really messy guy. And, um, you know how it is with like a sibling. I don't know. Did, did you have yeah, siblings? I have a little brother. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh-huh. you, your little brother might treat you this way. I, you always look up to your like older sibling stuff and it's like, wow, everything I have is so cool. And you just like throw his money on his dresser, all this junk. And I thought like, you know, it's so messy there. You won't notice if I just take like a few mm. like coins, you know, like I'll just take a few quarters and he will not notice cause he's like slob anyway. He's never going to see it. So every couple of days I'm like, oh, I'm just going to walk by and take you know, from my brother's bank and deposit it in my sock drawer until I have enough money to buy this toy because I have to have it. I don't, I don't know. It's so weird. How it... <laughs> but like brothers always notice. They uh, always notice when you right. touch their stuff. And so after a couple of weeks, he's like, did you take some of my money? I'm like, no, 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 no. I lied repeatedly to his face and uh, <laughs> I kept taking from him. And <laughs> finally it got to the point like he just knew like, no, I've totally been taking from him. Like it was just <laughs> obvious and I could not hide it anymore. I was like, yeah, I did. So, you know, he sounds the alarm like, oh my gosh, how could you steal from me? I'm going to go tell dad. And mm. this is the part I learned so much from actually. Like okay. my dad like took me aside and um, I was waiting for like the riot act and for like the wooden spoon, uh, you know, wham, you right. know. And, uh, you know, the wooden spoon with the holes in it, swat, swat. Um, <laughs> that was, that was how, that was how it was done back yeah. then. No, I remember, yeah. Um, I grew up in the it same worked. age. So, yeah. Um, but instead of like freaking out and like giving me what I really deserved, cause I knew uh-huh. I'd blown it. Like I stole from my own brother. That's, that's horrible. We shared the same room I took from my brother. <laughs> like it's bad. And, uh, 
he sat my my dad just like took me in the living room away from my brother and like he just sat me down and like spoke so calmly and um graciously to me mm. and he just said like son like stealing is wrong you know that like that's a sin like and and you need to ask forgiveness from god and you need to ask forgiveness from your brother and you need to make this right but you need to know this is wrong you can't do that again mm. like that was it really it's crazy it was crazy because like i was expecting so much more my dad wasn't like a hard taskmaster like he wasn't a horrible punisher but you know you're just mm. expecting to get like your butt whooped and like the way he delivered that in that moment it it i look back to that and like i learned so much about god in that moment mm. by just this it's gracious like confrontation with truth it was like truth and love mm. and um you know there's times i needed to get my butt whooped but at that moment it was just like this mercy where it was it was still confronting me with what i did wrong and i had to make it right but yet that was enough to make me like never do it again <laughs> i don't know why that story came to mind because i feel like it's sort of a cop out you know to pick when you're five because no, no, it's no, like way okay. long ago i'm not trying to do that but that's just honestly what i thought of yeah huh. yeah yeah very cool <laughs> huh. so in your pastor's job like yeah. i i this is awesome because one of the reasons why i wanted to have you have an interview with you is because i think a lot of people like i said a lot of people put you guys on pedestals and i don't know if you ever feel the pressure to need to be that right i'm sure you do um versus the reality of the situation like yeah. i sometimes i go through <coughs> the same thing in here mm -hmm. you know like the kids mm -hmm. look up to me so like yeah. i'm always conscious of like what i'm saying how i'm acting because i don't want to say the wrong thing to send the wrong message yeah um, and I also need to continue to work on myself. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a good yes. balance. And sometimes I, I don't know if you feel this, but mm. sometimes even when I'm teaching, I feel like I don't know enough. Mm. And, and, and I don't know Sorry. that if you go through that as a pastor. 100%. Mm. Often. Mm. And what do you do in those situations? And yeah. it's almost turning into a counseling session here because it's I'm great. asking questions. No, no, no. <laughs> this is, I love it. This is great. No, it's really just collaboration, dude. Yeah. And I want to, I want to flip around and get to ask you questions because sure. I can learn a lot from you for sure. But that'll be the next, that'll be when I have a podcast. All right? <laughs> yeah, that's true, for sure. You should start one. For your, yeah, definitely. I'll borrow your equipment. Okay. Yeah, we'll figure out a it. schedule. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do when you're leading and you feel like you don't know enough? Yeah. Um, I mean, the easy answer is pray. Pray. And rely on God. For sure. For I sure. get that. You know, like, oh, I, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I understand that part, but like, mm. how else can we know? that we know enough and we are <laughs> in this position to be able to, you know, cause even in the right. in, in toughest days, you still question that. It's, yes. it's I think it's, do I have enough? Nature. That's such a question. That's yeah. such a, all of us. It's in our hearts. Like, yes. am I enough? Do I have enough? Um, I'm going to try not to go too long winded on this or take it too deep. Cause I have a tendency to just dive right into no, the deep go end. For it. But, but yeah. what's just coming to my mind. Um, I, first of all, like, yeah. And especially in a pastoral role, I've experienced that. And especially as a young pastor. So I, I like, jumped into pastoral ministry at the age of 21. Wow. I was in like a, like a, you know, I was associate pastor, you know, uh -huh. so I had like mentorship, but like, that was crazy for me. I did yeah. not, I did not set out to do that. I did not want that. It was another one of those things where I had my idea, but then like it was clear God was calling this way. And I just said, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. This is mm. crazy. But I'm going right out of college, just got married. And then we just jumped in. So like continually. And I would actually say there's a, there's a gift and a blessing to to in a healthy way sometimes feeling a little bit inadequate maybe that's not the yeah. right word 
I don't think we should carry a, like an attitude of inadequacy. But right. when you feel a sense of when you're aware of your weakness mm-hmm. or your limitations, mm-hmm. it actually makes you more dependent hmm. on God mm-hmm. or on uh, as well as on other people who mm-hmm. you look to as mentor teachers. It, could, it creates a spirit of humility. And I actually think that people who have an attitude of humility and service can go so much further, make so much more impact hmm. than people that just want to be the hero. That's something that I've been wrestling with. I, I, actually, I'm practicing my sermon on you because I'm going to talk about this on Sunday a little bit. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, it, it just occurred to me so often. Like, I'm wanting to, I'm, I have you have this idea in your mind of what's the ideal? Like, oh, I want to be like that person mm-hmm. or that pastor or that for you. Who you know, you think who is that community leader, that trainer that's like gets it? I, oh. And we sometimes get this like thing in us where it's like I want to be the best. I want to be the hero. I want to like make such a difference and it can subtly shift to this place of again making it more about me mm. I, and i, I want to say like if you want to make a difference in people's lives and you want to make a difference for god you want to make a difference for good like stop trying to be the hero and just resolve to be a servant mm. and there's so much beauty to that because then when you are a servant and you don't have all the answers, you're like, but how can I serve you? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in, for me, like in my context, it's like, oh, in a Bible study or something, go class or a youth group. Like, I, I might not know the answer some person asks. I'm like, I might be mm-hmm. saying, you know what? I wrestle with that question too. But I might just be able to humid, have the transparency to admit, I'm not sure, but I'm going to go find out the best mm-hmm. I can and yeah. walk alongside you in this. I just take Humbly admitting, approach. you yeah. know, right? Mm-hmm. That's an easy way to do it. And then the other approach is just recognizing in that moment what is like true and what is false Mm -hmm. so whatever's happening in that moment of insecurity sometimes it's a false voice just like putting you down right it's a part of you that's still healing Mm -hmm. that is like feeling you know beat down that you're not meant to carry that you Mm -hmm. know we have to let go like no i have been given enough to do what i need to do i i can do this and then also recognizing what's true it's like Mm -hmm. but maybe there are things that i can grow in Mm-hmm. So learning internally to discern what's a voice that's like actually negative. I just need to let go of mm. and what is actually going to help me grow. And so often for me, like we got to recognize like the voice of God versus yeah. our own head right. or the enemy right? or negativity or other people, what other people have put on us. Right. It's a journey. You know, I think what for think? me, it's, you know, I always refer back to the Bible and the Bible talks about taking care of children mm-hmm. as because, you know, the God cares about children yeah. a lot. Yeah. And so then I look at that and I was like, wow, that's such a heavy verse. And then honestly, mm. like to me, like I look at Bible as like not necessarily a religious material, mm-hmm. but I think it's just a good book to find like good rules to live by. Sure. And I think in, in most of that goes towards New Testament, not the Old Testament, because the Old Testament is eye for an eye, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, whole, we can do a whole podcast on that stuff. Yeah. We'll get into theology next time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, I just, I just look at it as, like, you know, there's some good golden nuggets in there, mm-hmm. uh, rules to live by. And one of them is, like, when I look at words like treat children, like in my precious child, God's yes. precious child, it's like, that's wow. such a huge, heavy responsibility. Yes. yes. Um, am I really got it? Like, am I really equipped mm. to do that? Because that is basically what I'm passionate about. And I know yeah. that the God has given me that passion, but yes. at the same time, like, how do I know that I can do this? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like that, those are questions that I wrestle yeah. with in my head. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you, you're in the right place to be, to be serving young people, if you realize what a responsibility and a burden it is, mm. I wouldn't want anybody else working, you know, with kids. Because you realize what a precious 
responsibility that is, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I think it's good to have that attitude first and foremost, but I also, yeah, again, just come back to like, what, what's just a matter of like a false sense of insecurity that we need to just kind of learn to let go of and think more positively mm-hmm. <laughs> and truthfully, according to the word of God, according to the presence of God. And what is just a place where we're coming up against a part of us that's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to need to grow mm-hmm. in that area. Character also, I think, trumps skill. So often mm-hmm. when it comes to leadership, you can learn and grow leadership skills mm-hmm. in any sketch, but character is a much, <laughs> I don't know, much more uh, complicated thing to form and develop. Absolutely. So like character comes first. Mm-hmm. I, know, and I know you're like philosophy and your values and it, and it can be both and of course, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. but when it comes to leadership, it's like start with the heart, start with yeah, what's in your heart. Where That's is your heart important. right with this? Absolutely. People will follow. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll get mm-hmm. to serve in amazing situations you know you see it already oh thank you it's actually that's actually great um transition to our last segment we're coming up on time already i don't know about it it's crazy right it goes by so quick so i always ask um my interviewees words of encouragement now this podcast is going to be released on the week of thanksgiving the monday of thanksgiving Mm -hmm. um so i don't know i think i'm just gonna let you kind of Take your approach on what kind of words of left in this segment here. (laughs) Words of encouragement (laughs) towards community members, maybe who was interested in hearing your voice, or maybe your congregation. You know, some (laughs) of the people that's in your congregation that's listening to this podcast for the first time. Yeah, encouragement. Yeah, yeah. Well, so many ways I could go. Yeah, I think what's on, what's what's a burden on my heart right now for, for our society, for our people everywhere, for our community, for my church. And what I would say to, to you listener, wherever you're at right now, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I would encourage you to slow down and be present. Mm. That's becoming kind of like a catchphrase. I mean, I think that's catching on like it's an idea more, but people are talking about, you know, mindfulness and, and I'm glad but frankly, like, yeah, it's more than just a cliche thing. Like we are, I think we have the sickness of hurry in our lives. And I, I, I carry it. I, I, I sometimes I well. spread it to others. You know, yeah. I one one of the people I, I really love to read about. I look at it as like a spiritual mentor. I heard a story of how like a young pastor came to this person and said, like, you know, I'm going into this new church, this new leadership role what would you recommend I do to like just stay healthy and to lead well and to be spiritually sound? And the only, the person just said one thing simply said like ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Hmm. I think that's a word to leaders. I think it's a word to parents. I think it's a word to students, church people, non-church people. We're just failing to be present with all the beauty and the glory that's right in front of us. And if we could, if we could eliminate some things from our life, we could do less with, do more with less mm-hmm. or if we could just learn to like be more present in this moment um so much good could come from that in us and through us and around the holidays around thanksgiving yeah, you know I was just gonna say, what a we're just message. Uh, we're rushing right yeah we're rushing 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 so i could go on that a while i could like go i could go into a whole sermon on that but uh, you know let's just keep it simple i don't know how much time we have be left present. so there you go like like slow down mm-hmm. try to slow down Try to slow down. Be present. I agree. I mean, what a perfect message for, like, the holiday season because it's so much 
of the holiday season is like spend around you know the the, almost like the focus gets on the wrong things Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. the gifts Mm -hmm. and the and the food but really the part that we should really enjoy is that moment where you actually sit down together as the entire family because we don't do that often you know like my wife and i often talk about like dinners growing up we sat down on a table as the entire family but I can't remember the last time we were able to do that on a weeknight mm. just because of our work schedule yes, and just because of everything that's so going on. It's challenging. Yeah. And so like on those moments where you have the opportunity to do yes. that, don't let the so other good. things overtake you, but rather slow it yeah. down, yeah. look each other in the eyes yeah. and just have a genuine conversation. That's right. That's right. right? And, I, and I would say because of like, the lifestyle that we're all immersed in mm-hmm. with our technology, with our pace of life, with media and everything. What's hard is when you get those rare moments that you can actually do that, we lack the capacity to do it because we're so used to running and rolling and thinking of the next thing. So mm. you almost, if you're going to be ready to be present at that Thanksgiving dinner at that thing, you almost have to practice it every day leading up to it or you'll just default to what you've been you know what i'm saying like you just default like so it's like one of those things where be ready for those moments when it's like wow everything's stopped and there's nothing else but also try and practice it every day somehow when you meet people in this life whether it's like at the grocery store or if it's a friend if it's a stranger and like they're just genuinely um present to you and they're not like rushed and they're just like listening. It's such a profound thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's something about Jesus that always strikes me. Mm-hmm. That he was a pretty busy dude. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like there was a lot of demand on that guy, right? Like, whoa. But like he would notice when he's in the midst of a crowd, that's one person that's sitting over here on the side of the road, like calling out to him and just walk away. Mm-hmm. Like he could, he would have the the capacity to talk to that Samaritan woman at the well and raise conversation for me. Sometimes I'm so exhausted by life that if I'm out somewhere just doing my thing, like I don't even want to talk to anybody else. I'm just like, Oh, you know, I'm a, mm. to be the kind of person who can just be like available and mm. present is such a gift to the world. Yes. And then you really, you, anybody can do it no matter what level of responsibility mm. or simplicity you, you might have in your life. Anybody can do it. Wow. What a wonderful words of encouragement to close this <laughs> podcast. Well, Pastor David, thank you so much for being with you with us today. Thank you so much. And so we're at Trinity United Methodist Church. Yeah. Every Sunday, service yeah. is at 10.30 a.m.? Yeah, yeah, we have 8 o'clock and 10.30. Okay, yep. and then you guys have an Instagram page? We have a, yeah, Facebook's the easiest way right now because a lot okay. of our other, uh, you know, website stuff is in, in transition. We're kind of oh, updating okay. things. So Facebook's the easiest way. Trinity, 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 Trinity United, United Methodist, Methodist Church. Church. Facebook. All right, find them Travel on Facebook. Updates. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thank you very much, and we look forward to uh, visiting your church again. Yeah.